0: Player two. You're awake. Thank goodness. Hi, I'm Kitty M, the All Geek. Your guide through the land of Pod? Have you forgotten me already? Come on, this week is going to be sensational. Or should I call it sensational? That pun doesn't work. But there will be lassoos, and, and lava, and Godzilla. Obviously. Lassos and Lava and Godzilla won't all be in the same place. That would be a nightmare. Or the most awesome thing ever. Come on, Player 2. Let's roll. Hey, Player 2. Come on, sit down. Hey, Player 2, you like Wonder Woman? Yeah, we're not talking about that here. This is a tavern and we're going to just talk about the news of the day. Then we'll talk about Wonder Woman, I promise, because everyone's talking about Wonder Woman. Everyone. It's everywhere. You know what was everywhere for a while there and now it seems less important? Game of Thrones. Apparently Game of Thrones fans might have to wait two years for the television show to reveal who takes the Iron Throne, only know that through the headline I refuse to read the articles because they might spoil the books two years those TV watchers will have to wait. Do you hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of my bleeding heart playing the smallest violin in the world for them. A messy and impressive feat, which pretty much sums up who I am as a person. Two years, others take you. I got to the books late and it's been like six years and I'm still waiting for winter. But in about two years it'll also be time for that Godzilla sequel. No, not the sequel to Shin Godzilla, which is actually the best Godzilla, the derpiest sass you'll ever meet. Don't at me, it's true. Bradley Whitford is now rumoured to be joining that sequel. You know Bradley. Bradley Whitford, as I like to refer to him, because we don't actually know each other in real life, so it'd be weird for me not to say his full name. You know him as the angry guy in the West Wing? No, no, not the one who's Charlie Sheen's dad. The other angry guy in the West Wing? He's also the dad in Get Out. I don't think their characters are the same character, though. I think they exist in different universes. He's gonna be joining the likes of Millie Bobby Brown, 11 from Stranger Things, and Charles Dance, who's in the original House of Cards, and he's from Game of Thrones and Going Postal, and pretty much anywhere where you need a villain that you know is super evil, but you kinda of wanna be on his side anyway, cause he's so superior and classy. We still have to wait till 2019 to see the Hollywood Godzilla, and it won't be as good as Shin Godzilla. But now I'm interested in Hollywood Godzilla. I hope it screams lasers. Also, how did we miss the absolutely anything trailer dropping? It's like a mix between Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Evan Almighty, but the aliens give one guy awesome powers and he can't be a complete jerk or else they'll destroy the Earth. The guy is Simon Pegg, and there's voices in there from Monty Python's dudes and Robin Williams, which... I was not prepared for. That was heartbreaking and uplifting to hear his voice again. Anyway, the trailer dropped, and it's hilarious, and I want this film to be out now because I deserve nice things. Come on, player two. We don't have time to waste in this tavern. I've got to go somewhere and get some ropes. Also, lava will be involved at some point. I'm just warning you. what I like about these 1950s detective movie interrogation rooms is, you know, they've got a certain je ne sais quoi, you know, that, uh, that film noir. You're right, I should stop trying to speak French and explain why I've got the lasso of truth on. I can explain player two. It's because... Okay. I didn't love the Wonder Woman movie. I know, I know, you don't even need to tell me, and before you chuck me out forever, let me explain. The movie is beautiful. The fight scenes, the Amazons, the story itself, the acting, all of it. The number of shots and sequences where all I could think was, I would buy a comic with this splash page, or I wonder if this comes from an actual comic, I can't even begin to tell you. As a fan of comics and the way they lay out the action, this was a brilliant tribute. As an action film, even if you forget the comics, it was just straight up well done. And that little cameo from Princess Buttercup, you know what I'm talking about, that was just breathtaking. As a film, showing women at all, the Amazon training scene is the best thing in the world. I would watch that on loop, plus the way the women were framed. You know, when you study media, they talk a lot about male gaze, and it's the way the director will frame a woman's body rather than a man's in a movie. And... As always, things are changing for the better, but for the longest time, the focus of women in movies were our legs and our boobs and our butts, and it was done in this really creepy way and still is. That didn't happen in Wonder Woman, and I didn't even realise until after when I thought, hey, at no point did I feel creeped out when she was in shot. I liked it. I can rave about it. I just didn't love it, and me not loving it is what makes it the perfect wonder woman movie plot twist before i explain why me not loving it means that patty jenkins gal gadot and the entire team behind wonder woman are too damn good at their jobs let me just go ahead and explain some things for the people who had actual problems with it firstly disjointed mess was thrown around as a word to describe it before we'd even seen it let me just lay your fears No. It follows a mostly linear timeline, it gives you a full view of everything that's happening, and save for literally one scene where I was like, wait, she doesn't have the sword and now she has the sword? How did that happen so easily? It made sense. Now, the rumour that it was a disjointed mess came apparently from the same insider who thought Batman v Superman was also terrible. So, I guess insiders aren't what they used to be, because Batman v Superman extended edition rocked, don't fight me, I will beat you. Also, it's true, there are no space kangaroos or bondage. But I think there were some nods to the more exotic animals that do live on that island. And yeah, there's not bondage. But maybe in the next movie, which there totally will be because this movie was super cool and is already breaking records. Gal Gadot's facial expressions also came up as a negative. And I'm just going to stop everyone here. She has a range of emotions in this, it's just her acting style is more subtle than we've been told to be used to. You have to study it, you have to be paying attention, strangely enough, in the movie where the whole point of it is to stare at the screen and pay attention. Turning your face into a motorcom for rage when you're acting doesn't mean you have range. It means you're theatrical and big which can be wonderful for on-stage work, but on a film where everyone can see every line in your face, you probably can dial it back a bit, and it won't leave most people wondering what emotion you have. Also, literally every other actor with her style of acting is applauded for doing exactly what she did. Sir Patrick Stewart, Lady Judi Dench, Sir Anthony Hopkins, Lawrence Fishburne, Forrest Whitaker, some of the finest you'll ever see. You ever see them change their facial expressions a lot? Yeah, sometimes. But for the most part, their acting is subtle. Why? Because that's how actual faces are. God, I I know that and I don't even like looking at people's faces. There's also the contention that it went on too long. Well, it went for exactly as long as it needed to go for you to get this story, which actually felt like we got two stories in one. So feel free to say thank you. This idea that an entertaining movie is dependent on its length is bogus. Yeah, there's times when cutting something short would help, but if a film is made well, it's drawn you into the world, and so extra time in that world, with those characters, is extra good. Not subtracting from good. Why are you bad at nice things, maths? I feel like this needs to be taught in schools. Finally, that Steve Trevor bosses Wonder Woman around too much, even though she's totally stronger than him, and why is she the only not dude in this whole thing? Literally, her experiences in this aspect of the movie is the truest thing in a superhero movie, or any movie, since Joker said, I'm not a monster, I'm just ahead of the curve. If you're frustrated by the way Steve manhandles her out of a room or talks over her, or the ratio of her as the one example of women to all the many dudes, consider for a moment that if you are a dude, this frustration that you feel, it might offer a window into literally every day that women walk around. Really guys... And if you only focus on the fact she's surrounded by men, perhaps you miss the juxtapositioning between her world, where they have an excuse for only having women around because they make up 100% of the population, and the world of men, where roughly 50% of the population are forcibly made invisible and don't even have the vote yet. Rather than an oversight, could this have actually been another statement? See, Wonder Woman is a great film. It's a film I truly enjoyed. I just didn't love it Because Wonder Woman isn't a character I love. I explained that last episode, but see, if there's not a character I can love or be excited by, then I just don't love a film. But don't misunderstand, this is a character flaw in me, not in Wonder Woman. A failing of mine, not those who made the movie. I say this a lot, though I'm told not to. I'm not a good person. And I don't say that as an excuse for anything terrible I say or do like I've seen some people do. Like, if you can admit you're not a good person, that doesn't give you a free pass to not be a good person. It just means you have to try harder. It's not a matter of pride for me, either. It's just who I am. It's who I've always been. Deep down, I mean. I try to act like a good person. I wear my human suit, and I care about those around me. Mostly. Sometimes I don't care about them at all. But I try. And I think, at my core, that makes me probably not a good person. One of the ways I know this to be true is that Wonder Woman annoys me, not because she's a woman and I suffer from internalised misogyny, though that may also be true, but because she's just like Superman with the goody two-shoes, forgive and look for the good in people. Ugh. Her goodness repels me. I can't see myself reflected in her, I see myself in characters like Batman. He's angry and broken and uses that rage to make the world a better place. And he does it in this messed up way and there's a degree of selfishness in that. And I can feel that. I can see that in me. Wonder Woman with her goodness and hope and logic, no. She is a true role model for people. She's all about love and liberty and generally being a good person. And the Wonder Woman movie captures that about her. It captures the young Diana who is so naive that it's painful and infuriating for me to watch. It captures the Diana who exists as a beacon of light and hope despite all the darkness. And while Diana is who we should all aspire to be more like, she's not who I like. She's not who I want to be now, and she never has been, and she never will be. Even as a little kid, when I watched Wonder Woman... I knew I'd never grow up to be that kind of woman. And believe me, I tried for a bit. So she's not for people like me. The cynical dirtbags who will buy what she's selling because we know it's good for us, but that doesn't mean we like the flavor. We're the miserable jerks who ruin everything. So she's not for us. I get it, she's for everyone. But she's not the kind of hero I get excited about. I like Batman. I like Poison Ivy, to a point. I like the gritty, questionable broken and tainted superheroes. If this level of excellence had been brought to the storytelling of a character like Poison Ivy on the big screen, I might love that. If they apply this same treatment to Harley or or Batwoman, yeah, the love might be there for them. More people will disagree with me than not about loving this film, and I'm happy about that. I expect people to tell me Wonder Woman is who they want to see represented in movies. That her hope and her perseverance is what they're all about. And I want that. I want there to be more people who love Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman is excellent, Then there be people like me, who are quite frankly a little broken, because we can't love pure goodness for just existing. I told you, I'm a terrible person. There's also a bit of a groundswell on Twitter to see more Wonder Woman in the Justice League film. And depending on how they do it, that could totally work for me. If DC Movies decides to ditch the Batman stuff and go with Wonder Woman, great. And let me say something to everyone who's scared and angered by that possibility. Let me just stop you. Before you start, because this isn't always about us. We've had our Batmans. Plural. And yes, if Batman gets ditched for Wonder Woman, which probably won't happen, by the way, but if it did, yes, that would mean it would come at the expense of what I want and who I identify with, who I want to see and who I draw my strength from. But so what? If it means I give up films I like so that the masses can get behind love and strength and equality, to be excited by heroes who are just better people, especially right now when the world needs them, then I say do it. I mean, isn't that why Batman formed the Justice League, right? Not so he could be the center, but so everyone could feel invested in making the world better. So here's to Patty and the gang. They made a fantastic movie. They made the perfect Wonder Woman movie. And that, Player 2, you need to go and see. Now, let's go hang out in some lava. I have some things to throw in there. Also, I ate all your chocolate. Can we get this lasso off me now? Plato, you know why we're in the lava pits, right? Because if you throw something into lava, it makes it better. As seen when Anakin Skywalker, who is the whingiest character in the Star Wars universe, which is saying something because Luke in that first movie was... Anyway, Anakin went into the lava, became Darth Vader. We all know how awesomely that turned out. So that's why we're here. Because Sense8 has been cancelled. And I don't want to use too strong a language, but what the fudge sticks, Netflix? Do not get me wrong, Netflix is the one thing I love most in the world. It brings me Designated Survivor and Stranger Things and Grace and Frankie. It has afforded me the luxury of watching films I totally should have seen at the time but didn't because sometimes, kids, we date jerks who think that seeing Ryan Reynolds in Safe House is the same as cheating on them with Ryan Reynolds. I never said I made good decisions. Key word, though, there is dated past tense. You should always past tense anyone who acts like that or preferably never tense them at all. But back to the point, which is that Netflix makes me happy and I defend it a lot of the time. It has filled the gaps anime left in my soul when I couldn't watch anime because my soul was full of holes and well, I'm being overdramatic because I clearly have no soul. But you get the point. It fills a need for me. So really, Netflix? No more Sense8? Sense8 if you missed it, was about Eight strangers from all over the world's different cultures, different upbringings, different everything, who one day discover they share a psychic link. And they borrow each other's skills to get out of nasty situations and ultimately save one another from terrible humans because humans are terrible and from whispers who are seeking out sense and getting rid of them. It's shot all over the world, you'll see characters switch from one to the other as they utilize each other's skills, as they share their experiences and emotions, as they fall in love with someone they would have otherwise never known. Blink and you might find yourself lost. Because the story is not just fast-paced, it's complex. As it should be if eight people were sharing the same mental uplink. To put it simply, it's like the best group chat you've ever witnessed. And if this sounds like a trippy, Matrix-esque escapade, well then it should. Because this comes from the Wachowskis. And now it's been cancelled. And one day I will sit down with you and tell you more about these amazing characters, Player 2. I will talk you through the best first scenes of a TV series ever. But right now, we need to talk about why Netflix needs to rethink this idea. Firstly, season one was a masterpiece, and I'm working my way through season two only just now. And why? Because their timing was all wrong. I get it. Everyone makes a mistake or misjudges. Especially in the age of social media, where so many things are grabbing our attention. It's hard to keep track. Hell, the list of things I want to see drove me to take a week off recently because I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't constantly be told what to watch. It was frying my brain. And I can't imagine what it's like to try and cut through all of that noise, no matter how brilliant your series is. But, I mean, if Netflix, you totally want to employ me to do just that, you could employ me. I would be cool with it. Please, Netflix, employ me. And P.S. Can I meet Cal Penn? I feel like you can make that happen. Thank you. The Sense8 Season 2 trailer dropped on April 10. I know that because I remember seeing it on Twitter the same night as another trailer dropped, for Thor Ragnarok. For the next week, all anyone could talk about was Thor, not Sense8, for obvious reasons that are obvious. That trailer was amazing and it had one of the best songs ever to come into existence in it. Also, cyber goth Jeff Goldblum chilling with Loki is the old couple comedy series we all need in our lives, so no one was really paying attention to anything else no matter how brilliant, it was bad timing. But then the new series drops in May, which meant it was competing with everyone's hype over Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2. Plus on Netflix itself, you've got Kimmy Schmidt on the way, you've got a whole heap of new movies suddenly being added at the start of the month, you've got people still talking about the likes of 13 Reasons Why and Dear White People and Riverdale. And then this month, just one month after it's put on Netflix, they cancel Sense8. A month. I'm over here still trying to wonder how I get through the rest of the year with our designated survivor and dear white people. I'm the urge to watch the end of Riverdale Season 1 because I'm not ready for the wasteland that is three amazing series finishing up for the year kind of all at once. I mean, I already finished Grace and Frankie's series too. finished that in one night. I've learnt I need to pace myself or suffer the consequences. And I'm a big Sense8 fan. I adored the first series, and I will watch this second series. But by May of this year, I couldn't do it. I don't think a lot of us could, not straight away. I wanted to save it. Because look at what's happening right now. Who wouldn't want to savor a series like Sense8, that is based on the premise that people, while broken, might not be horrible to the point of no return? I rushed through the first series. I mainlined it one night, I went to work with no sleep, which I do not regret. But I wanted to enjoy the second series, knowing the characters, revisiting them. And I get that Netflix has to make money, they need success. But this series was important and well made. It was inclusive, it was about love and hope and acceptance. It was about true empathy for someone else and it was totally kick-ass as well. There was hacking of computers and shooting people and car chases and bad guys who scare the hell out of you. Just absolute carnage in the way of hand-to-hand combat. Also, the sex scenes were quite good. I couldn't binge the second series. Me, I am the binge queen. I disregard huge chunks of Maslow's hierarchy of needs just to gorge myself on Netflix series and movies, which, while emotionally delicious, are just supplements at best compared to the nutritional goodness of actually going outside. And also sleeping. But I didn't binge this because I thought there would definitely be a third season, and I wouldn't have to make an offering of sleep deprivation and rollercoaster emotions for them to see how good this series is. I wanted to savour it. And the pressure to then binge a series becomes really real. And if you binge too much, you don't take it all in, you don't enjoy it as much. So this kind of push... To love a series and watch it and let them see we have an immediate response to it? I don't think it's healthy for Netflix either. And also, to cancel it and be okay with the second series of 13 Reasons, which I do think is an important series and it hit home for me, but a second series? It was good with just one. Don't stretch it out, guys. Let it be its own perfect bubble. But no, success must equal a sequel, even if the first one was fine just the way it was. Sense8 has a real message, a real journey that needs to keep being explored. I mean, if you haven't seen this player too, see it. It's queer as folk mixed with Cloud Atlas and The Matrix, which is all good things you deserve in your life. I hope Netflix at least gives us a movie to give us closure for Sense8. I mean Netflix, come on. You're the one ruining my social life right now. The least you can do is give the people I watch instead of having friends a happy ending. Or at least an ending that doesn't completely rip my heart out. So, Sensei is gone. Cancelled, by the way, at the start of Pride Month, which is an extra what are you doing? But I am glad it was around to begin with. Here's to you, Sensei. May you come back to us in movie form. Netflix, get in the lava. Well, Player Two, that's it for The Land of Pod. Oh, when you get back to meatspace, I really recommend you looking up a comic called Bingo Love. It was on Kickstarter for a while there, and uh, yeah, I think you'll like it, especially with it being Pride Month. And if you head into your local comic book store, there's a great collection of some of the greatest artists and writers for comic books called Love is Love. Trust me, you want to pick it up. Oh, and uh, if you're on the interwebs, I'm on Twitter, at ChaosKittyM, and Land of Pods there too, I mean, you could like all of those things. While you're there, subscribe to the podcast, or rate it highly, if you've already subscribed. I mean, I'm not the boss of you, but um, basically the way it works is your validation and high praise makes me feel better as a person. Until next time, player two.